Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wrestle, 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 hard. Wrestle, 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 hard. Wrestle, 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 hard. And welcome back to Meeting of the Minds. Today we're here with the great Colton Brown, Olympian, judo. How's it going? Thanks for joining our show. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's a great pleasure to be here. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get this talk going. Absolutely, real excited to get your um, your competitive mindset as well as your coaching philosophies. And you know, as we said before, just a moment ago, some of the top wrestlers have a judo background. And even if someone wasn't going into wrestling at all, judo is a great idea. I mean, a lot of fun, self defense, you name it. You're getting you're getting all the the athletic components there. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You know, even me, like when I, I grew up wrestling and doing judo and, you know, eventually I had to pick one, but they're both, I think they're both great sports. They're both great arts. And um, I, I, there's a, I think there's a lot of benefit to doing both and one can help the other and it goes vice versa. Exactly. Exactly. So as, as a um, world-class Olympic level competitor, what was your mindset when you were competing? How did you get yourself ready What are some of the things you did that helped you control your nerves, relax under pressure? I mean, there's different aspects of mindset, right? There's the the foundational motivation, mental toughness, and then there's the peak performance. If you you could talk about those. Definitely. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, the higher you go, um, the higher level that you go in any sport and anything, even anything in life that you're trying to achieve, it becomes more of a mental, it becomes more mental than physical. So I was, you know, I was blessed, fortunate, whatever you want to call it at a young age, my dad taught me, he was my coach. He actually taught me very young. He said, you never, ever want to enter any type of competition, any tournament, nothing like that. You never want to enter it without being 100% ready. He's like, preparation is going to be key. And, you know, that was one of the lessons that stuck with me throughout my career. So when I think about, you know, mental preparation and physical preparation, I always entered a tournament physically, I was very prepared and mentally I tried to be as prepared as prepared as possible. So, you know, some of the things that I would do before competing, um, I would, I would listen to music and I had to make sure that I was in the state of mind where I was, I was ready to go to a war because essentially that's what you're trying to do. And, you know, as, as cliche as it sounds, I had to put myself in the most calm state. 
So I was very calm. I knew physically I was ready to go. And I didn't want, I think the mistake a lot of athletes make, and even seeing now in my coaching career, a lot of athletes get over too overly excited before they compete. And I always, you know, I made the mistake early in my career doing that. And I regretted it. And I, I tried to find the perfect balance. And for me, it was, you know, after I go through my uh, pre-match warmup, I would I focus on two things. So I would have two things that I was going to focus on. And the, the most important part about that for me was staying present. I was staying in the moment, not trying to think too far ahead. Didn't want to think if I wrestled or fought the guy before. I didn't want to think about what happened in the previous match, but I was trying to stay very present. And that is probably, um, that, that, was, that was what I did. So I stayed calm and stayed present. Excellent. And now talk about, I know you, you mentioned a moment ago that um, not entering a tournament unless you're 100% ready. Of course, there's, there's different... Um, you know, minor, like the little tweaks here on, you know, nuances, what I should yeah. say, because of course, like sometimes we're a little bit banged up. Sometimes we're not feeling at our best. And then guys will use that as an excuse not to compete at all. So talk about that distinction a little bit and how you're able to, you know, it's, it's an art. It's not just a science. You have to kind of let field dictate. Maybe sometimes you get it right. Maybe sometimes you get it wrong. Talk about that a little. Yeah, absolutely. There were times that I went in, I, I entered competitions and I was a little banged up. I think that I can't tell you a time ever in my career from ages of from age 20 to like 28, 29. I can't tell you one time that I was ever hundred percent healthy. Like you're never, ever going to be a hundred percent, but I, I think, you know, you're always, there's, there's going to be bangs, bruises and things like that, but that's where the mental side takes over, you know? And I, I, I believe that when you're used to training through adversity, things like that. That's just another little bump in the road. And I, it's, it's kind of mind over matter. If it's not something that is debilitating, I didn't tear my ACL or anything insane like that. You've seen, you know, some of the highest level athletes compete and battle and win Olympic medals while being very injured. You know, I've seen a couple of athletes win Olympic gold medals while tearing an ACL. Or I've seen guys with screws in their ankles, win world championships, things of that nature. So I, it's, it's a lot, it just goes to show you how big of a mental battle, battle it is and that your mind is a lot stronger. Your body is willing to go places if your mind can go there. And I think that, but that's a lot of times is you, you find that out in the room. And a lot of my training was you train through some of these injuries and you see how far you can push and how much you can push and you know when to back off. And I think with more experience, you kind of, you figure that out as you go. So there was, like I said, there was a lot of times and a lot of my most important medals were won with me being banged up where a lot of, if I would have went to the doctor, they would have said, hey, you can't compete. Are you crazy? What are you doing? You need to take this competition off. But there's a lot on the line. And you're, like I said, your body, your body is, is a lot stronger than you think it is. Right. And that's just the hurt versus injured thing that, that and, and, and we're talking really, this is when you're an elite athlete. Right. So at that, at that point in time, I'm, you know, you, that's an important aspect of it. And there's also the aspect of kids who are, you know, they're coming up through the ranks. They're just starting to get serious about the sport. I, I think about a, a tournament back in eighth grade where a coach once told me basically the same thing. He said, don't enter the tournament unless you're hundred percent ready. And like, I kind of did what, like, yeah, I was, I, I could have been, I wasn't doing as much uh, wrestling as I should have been at the time. Or, you know, I knew I wasn't in the cardio shape and it's like, there, there is that balance where it's like, yes, you better be, I mean, ultimately the idea is you prepare for each and every competition, but also it's like, you don't want to give yourself an excuse not to compete because, well, I'm not at my, I'm not at my absolute best. 
maybe you know I, I mentally and physically didn't prepare for this. Maybe that becomes a good lesson then where you, you go out and, and you get beat. Not that you ever want to get beat. You see what I'm saying there? The time is now to take your mindset to the next level with Wrestling Mindset. Make sure you go to our website, WrestlingMindset.com, and sign up for your free trial session today. Don't wait any longer. You want the mental edge right now. When you sign up for the free trial session, you're also going to get a copy of our free ebook, Building the Predator Mindset. This book has helped thousands of people build confidence, relax under pressure, get motivated, and build mental toughness in wrestling, school, and life. Make sure you sign up for your free trial session today. 100%. I think that's I think that's huge and you know I took a, I took a couple of those lessons on the chin too because uh, when I was there was there were tournaments that I could have better prepared for when I was younger. So high school I was I, you know I was doing the high school thing. I wanted I wanted to try to balance my judo life and competitive life with my friends. So I missed a few practices going out with friends doing whatever the case may be and then I would enter a tournament and lose. And there was one tournament in particular that I remember I went to the junior nationals one year. And it was in the summertime and I hadn't been doing much judo, but I planned on going since February. We bought the tickets and my dad was like, yo, you're going to go. You're going to compete at this tournament. And in my mind, I knew I wasn't ready. So I kind of lost that tournament before I even stepped on the mat because I knew and you're the only person at the end of the day that knows when you go to lay your head down. There's only one person that knows if you did everything that you could have done that day to to be 100 percent, to be 100 percent better. And um I, I knew, I knew I didn't do, I knew I didn't do what it takes. And I went out there and I lost. And I, after I got off the mat, I remember saying, I was really upset with myself. And I remember saying, this is the last time that this will ever happen. I will never, ever take this for granted. And I won't enter another tournament unless I am ready. But yes, I think that, and if, I, you know, although I heard it a bunch growing up, I needed to feel it. Because when you feel it, it sits a little bit differently with you. Right, right. Just we're giving people the idea that, hey, you know, get out there and compete. And if you have to yeah. take one on the chin and learn that lesson, I mean, the lesson should be, like you said, you don't want to step out there until you're 100% ready, but go out there, compete, get the ball rolling. And then, you know, ideally you don't learn the hard lesson, right? We went through it. So hopefully our viewers don't have to go through it. Definitely. Definitely. But, but that's, that's how it happens. Talk about, if, if you can, the, um, how does, what in wrestling relates to judo? And what in judo relates to wrestling? What are some of the best physical, mental, technical aspects that you think transfer uh, one way and, and then the other way? Yeah, I mean, it, judo and wrestling, man, two of the, two of the most difficult sports, uh, I think, that are out there. Number one is an individual sport. So they're both individual sports. Um, it, a lot of, it, they're, and they're grappling. So uh, grappling. So when I was, it, judo has changed a little bit because when I was growing up, we could grab legs in judo. So up until I was about 16, 17, after 2008, they changed the rule after the Olympics because they were trying to differentiate. They, they were looking, the Olympic committee was looking to remove sports from the Olympics that were too similar and judo and wrestling were very similar. So judo decided to take out leg grabs. And, um, but up until that point, it was very, very, very similar. But I mean, as far as the two are concerned now, both grappling, they're both very physically demanding sports and they're both mentally demanding because the whole match can change like this. And if you aren't mentally able to bounce back from that or you aren't strong enough to bounce back from that, uh, in both sports, I think, you know, that, that's something that you have to have. So the, the, the main similarities are they're both grappling and it takes a lot of will 
It's a lot of willpower uh, on the athlete and they're grueling, they're grueling sports, but there is a lot of pride at the end of the day, because when you get your hand raised or you, the match goes your way in judo or wrestling, it's on you. And if you win, it's on you. If you lose, it's on you. And, you know, I think that you did the work. You're the one that did the work leading up to it. And uh, that's, that's, the, that's the thing I like most about the wrestling and judo. Excellent. What, what age would you recommend someone get involved in judo? I got involved when I was seven. And I think that, you know, any, anywhere like that, five, six, seven years old. And again, just so we're clear, when I was doing judo as a kid, and when I teach my kids now how to do judo, my students all do judo with me. Um, it's, it's fun. You have to keep it. It's very important that we keep it fun at that age, because as you hear in this conversation, there's a lot of time to be a professional. There's a lot of time to go through the grueling times, get yourself ready, preparation, all of the whole nine yards. But I think what kept me in the sport was how fun it was and how fun, you know, my coaches made it for me when I was younger. And I went to judo as a time to kind of hang out with my friends. And, you know, there's lessons that you're learning there too, but you're hanging out with your friends, you get to throw some people and it's, it, it was fun. If it wasn't fun for me and it was competitive from age five, six, seven years old, I would never be where I am today. So I think that, you know, you can start young, but it's very important. Anybody starting out in judo, any coaches listening to this, keep it fun for the kids at a certain age. Uh, and, you know, they'll know if they tell you, hey, I have aspirations of being an Olympian, you'll know when to push and when not to. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then as far as competing, and again, I know we're, there's, it's, we're given general answers for very specific yeah. situations. Roughly what age do you, do you say they, they should start competing? And not, not should they start competing, but should they start thinking about competing if the signs are there that a kid wants to compete? Yeah, if, you know, if the signs are there and the kids genuinely enjoy competing and, they, and they're competitive kids, I, I say start them as early as eight, nine years old. Like I have even now, I just did an in-house tournament with my students and starting from ages four all the way until uh, 15. And you know, the thing that you see about kids when they compete is the, the kids that you don't expect to do well and that you're like, man, these kids get beat every day in practice. I don't even know if they know what they're doing. I don't know if they like it. When you throw some kids in the fire, they come out and they come out swinging. And that's something that I, I had to learn because, you know, there were certain kids that I didn't expect or didn't anticipate to do well in competition, young kids, I'm talking six, seven, eight years old. And they, they couldn't, if I asked them in practice to do a throw, they wouldn't do it. But somehow in competition, when all eyes are kind of on them and they're thrown in and they have no choice, they slam the person. And I'm like, how does this, see? I, I didn't even know, I look like a different person in your body. So I asked them and, you know, it's, it's, it's very weird. So, and the kids genuinely enjoy competition. You know, I, I, I believe that if you make it fun for them and they, they look forward to getting the medals and things like that, as long as it's fun, um, I think you can start them very early and don't put pressure on winning and losing. It's at that point, it's just about getting experience and you just want them to get their feet wet. Yeah. And, and it would seem like judo would be a great sport to teach a kid how to pull the trigger on their, on their, um, on their techniques, because, you know, in wrestling, it's like, Oh, are you going to go for a throw? Like, this is a really big deal. If you're going to go for yeah. a throw where it's like, no, no, you, you got to throw like, this is, yeah. this is what you, you got to throw. So, you know what I mean? So then when you, then in wrestling, you're able to just snap it on and say, Hey, no big deal. Oh yeah. You get that sense. Absolutely. Get that sense. Um, I think that, you know, it, it, you have to pull the trigger because that's the only way that you'll win. You know, a lot of times, even wrestling, when I was wrestling as a kid, 
um, I would kind of sit back and I wouldn't take shots and I would wait and I would sprawl and go behind things like that. But in judo, if you don't, if you're not actively trying to throw, you're going to get penalized and then eventually you'll lose. And the only way that you can win is you have to pull the trigger. So like you said, I think that judo was a great way to teach you how to pull the trigger. And I think it, it, it crosses over very well into wrestling as well as other aspects of your life. So when you're right, if you're constantly used to being aggressive and it's rewarding too. So the more you pull the trigger, the, the, the higher percentage that you're actually going to throw going to score and the higher percentage you're going to win. So it teaches you that if you take chances, you often get rewarded for it. And I think when you cross over into wrestling, it, it teaches these kids to be aggressive at a young age. And then after they become aggressive and after you're just like, okay, you're shooting a single, you're shooting a double, you're scoring. Now we can work on tactics. But if you have a kid that's afraid to take shots and take chances, it, I think the development takes a lot longer than it needs to. Yeah, and it just feels like you have such an edge on people in an area that that most people don't have that edge, right? Oh, it's yeah. like everyone, because everyone's going through the, well, wrestlers, you know, I think about in terms of wrestling, everyone's going through the um, the standard wrestling practice. It's not much different. Maybe it's 1% different, 5% yeah. different at different wrestling clubs, but you're getting basically the same stuff, yeah. um, more or less. Then you throw someone in who's who, who does judo. It's like, oh, now this is a whole different background that they're bringing to the table that no one else is dealing with. And I think back in, in college, well, it was a little bit before me, but Yoshi Nakamura, who, who's, who learned judo with Ben Hada, we just had them on, on a show. And Ben Hada, of course, you know, is the grandson of Ichiro Hada, who is the yeah. secretary of Kano out in, out in Japan. So it's like, here, here we go. So there's that made the connection really clear to me of judo with where you have Kano, who you go down to, uh, Maeda, who taught the Gracies jiu-jitsu, and then Ichiro Hada, who bring, who comes to America, learns wrestling, brings that to Japan. You have so you have Kano Judo, who is basically the father of also Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well as Japanese wrestling. When I made that connection, I said, "Oh, shoot! Like, there's we got we got to do a lot more talking about judo." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the two, and I think now even if, even when I watch wrestling now, because you know I'm a huge wrestling fan and. Uh, I have a lot of wrestlers that I work with now. So I'm, I'm spending a lot of time watching both sports and you see a lot more, you're seeing a lot more foot sweeps. You're seeing a lot more throws at the highest levels of wrestling, which is, it's, it's really nice to see because when I was growing up and I was wrestling kind of in middle school, high school type thing, they would say, Oh, here comes a judo guy. Like, listen, we don't need you doing any headlocks and getting rolled through and things of that nature. But now I think that uh, it's, it, the two, it's gotten a little bit more sophisticated and, and we, there's better coaches that are showing people how to integrate the two sports. And I, you know, I love seeing both. You see a lot of wrestling and judo and you see a lot of judo and wrestling. So it's, it's awesome. And I guess that tees it up to what you do and in coaching and everything now. So how talk about your philosophies there and, and, and how you bring those to, I mean, of course, you know, there's, there's coaching judo, there's coaching wrestling, then there's integrating the two. So that's technically three different things, but, but we'll oh, yeah. talk about more what you do and how you do it. Yeah. So um, I recently started working with a bunch of wrestlers. So when I, I retired from the Olympics after after the last Olympics in 2021 in Tokyo, I retired and I was became a, I was like, OK, I knew I was going to become a coach and I became obsessed with with training without the gi on. So I would take I took the gi off and I was like, let me just I started doing a lot of no gi jujitsu. And then I was like, oh, man, you know, without the gi, you know, it makes things a little bit different. But I, I loved it. And I was like, okay, I, and I started wrestling. So I started going to these wrestling classes and I, re I quickly realized that the two are very, very similar. And I was using a lot of judo 
into wrestling. So I would lose you know, like, for example, I would use a Kochigare, which is a judo throw into an ankle pick. And, you know, I, I was scoring a lot with it and I was using, you know, a lot of judo throws, but I was putting the two together and I was tying them both in. And that's how now I coach. So I have, a, I work with a couple of uh, high school wrestling teams and basically I teach them judo without the gi. And it's just, how can we put you guys in better positions to do throws that are safe, but also tie it into your wrestling. So I use a lot of that stuff. I use a lot of Tayatoshis, a lot of safe foot sweeps, things of that nature. Wrestlers that are able to use all of their limbs rather than just, you know, rather than we're just not shooting for attacks. We're just not shooting shots now. Now we're using our foot sweeps. We're using different. It just adds more to your game. And the more tools that you have in your toolbox that you can pull from, I think the better you're going to be. So I, I use everything now and I, I'm a student of the game. So I watch, like I watched Final X this weekend. I watch all the highest level wrestling. I still do it. So I train with these, I train with these guys every single day. And then I take kind of from what I see in wrestling and judo at the highest levels and my experiences. And then I all, I integrate it all together. And I, depending on who I work with is, is what I'm doing. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Cause it's just like, it's, it's not more of the same. It's coming at things from a very unique vantage point. And um, yeah, that's tremendous. And of course, I, th I think about that also in terms of my, my sons. I got a four-year-old, two-year-old son, two yeah. sons, and um, my brother Jeff. He's got three. He's got three young boys. Fourth on the way. So yeah, yeah that's that. That becomes immediately relevant to me, not being too far from you. So where yeah. are you? Where can people find you? How do they get a hold of you? I'm in Warren, New Jersey. So yeah, Colton Brown Training Center, Warren, New Jersey. Um, you, you know, you guys can find me on Instagram at cbrown90kg two underscores. And that that's about that's the easiest way to get in contact with me. Um, I'm like I said, I'm here most of the time, but I'm also the national team coach of the judo team too. So I'm the U.S. team coach. So I'm traveling a little bit with the national team, but I'm also I'm at my I'm at my dojo a lot of the time. And like I said, man, we work, we have fun, but we also work. So yeah, that's that's awesome, Colton. We'll throw everything in the show notes, and if there's anything that I miss, just let me know, and we'll fire it in there. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll have to do this again. This is great. And we'll, and, and we'll be in touch because it gives, it definitely gets the wheels turning in my head too. It's super exciting. I love this stuff. So thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, brother. I really appreciate it, man. All right. Take care. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.